today we're talking about elevating your drag, right? Yeah. And, you know, a synonym for elevating is getting high. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get high with what? Poppers. Mm-hmm. So recently I switched up popper brands and I've been using Pig Sweat. Oh, I love Pig which Sweat. Which I know is a favorite of yours. So I was like, well, let me, let me give it a try. And girl, the, <laughs> it, it doesn't have a scent. Like, like it just smells like poppers. I don't smell anything. Oh, I smell poppers. Really? Yeah. It does. Like it. I didn't even. Know, I was like, "Am I using it?" You know. And I would like, like Trevor. <laughs> and then Jesus, I I saw God. <laughs> like, <laughs> this atheist became a believer because I was. I like. It I, is like one of the stronger traditional popper brands. I had no idea. Yeah. Like I have used all kinds of other ones before. What's and, your like staple? Well, I usually go with Double Scorpio. Oh, that's but, why Double Scorpio also like almost all of them are scented. Yeah, well, and and I like that because I don't really like the smell of traditional poppers. Oh, but, I do. But the thing is, I didn't smell anything with pig sweat, and I was like, "Is like, is this thing on?" Like, it was truly. <laughs> is there, is there something in here? But like, yeah, it, and it just hit me so hard because I had no idea, and it, it already hits hard. Yeah, I, like literally, I saw purple. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> what is happening to me? Am I dying? Because like, <laughs> with pig sweat, like. I don't know. Double Scorpio doesn't hit as hard for me. It it, it can for me. Or it, like, it was kind of my it was my first brand. Like that was what we had at Camp One Kiki. Double Scorpio, I'll hit like once and it'll hit. But then if I try to hit it again, it won't hit. Mm, I see. I see. Well, the pumpkin one is great though. Oh, I haven't had her yet. I, it's seasonal. I usually go with rose gold. I feel like it matches my attire. I recently tried that one. I like the black one. It's like tobacco and leather. Oh, I should try. I love the smell of leather. Um, the sapphire one is good. Hmm. I okay. None of this is sponsored, but poppers. If you want to sponsor us, come on. Let we us, should like reach out to Double Scorpio. We really should. We should reach out to all of these brands. Yeah. Hello, Pig Sweat. Hello. Big time rush. Hello. Uh, Not big time rush. <laughs> okay, actually, I saw <laughs> I saw a poster for them recently. Yeah, they've come back. Like Kim Kardashian. She got come on her back in that one video. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Flapping and Fawning. My neck hurts from whipping my ponytail around too much. Fawn. No longer salty, only sweet. Flapjack. Oh, she's entering her congenial era. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) I want spicy flapjacks. Spicy flapjacks? Well, we can make that happen. Yeah. That's what happens when I eat too many Takis. Put some Cholula on it. I don't know who that is, um, but I don't want you to talk to me or my son ever again. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So today we are talking about elevating your drag. Um, but we're going to also talk about it on like a budget. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times people are like, let me just throw a bunch of money at it. Yeah. You know? Um But I want to just start by talking about ways to elevate your drag. And then later on we can talk about doing it on a budget yeah yeah and like ways to meet those goals so why why is it important to elevate your drag because ultimately we as humans in general 
are constantly learning and we should be constantly growing. And really any aspect of our life, you should be striving to not remain the same. Mm. Um, so like growth is just like a big signifier. And a lot of people, if you're, especially if you're wanting to take drag seriously, if yeah. you're wanting to do more than just a hobby of drag and you're wanting to get out there, get booked, make money doing it, make it a self-sufficient hobby, even like just making it that where you're paying for what you're doing, you're going to have to do some elevation to your drag to make it stand out. What makes it you and not every other girl. Exactly. Or boy or them. Entertainer. Yeah. Like it's, although drag is art and all art is valid and art is subjective and yada, yada, yada. Uh, people do want to know that when they pay to buy a ticket to a show, they're going to see a high quality product. Right. So it's, it's important to do it for that reason. If, if you are looking to make um, that income from like bookings and, and things like that, because also like show directors are going to look at your drag, especially if they've never seen you perform before. Mm-hmm. They only have pictures and video to go off of. Right. And they're not going to book you if they don't think that you're going to draw a crowd or at least entertain the crowd. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some ways that you can elevate your drag? Um, Some like basic traditional answers are getting promo photos done. Oh, that's a huge what? That is that is my pet peeve. I'm terrible about having promo photos. But you have them. <laughs> is the thing you know yeah. like okay this is my pet peeve and this i don't is, get it this is enough. me being on my high horse but like i i don't i can't high horse s- high horse <laughs> yeah i can't stand. <laughs> okay another entendre um but i uh I, I i just can't stand it when i'm like trying to make a flyer or like I, I need someone else to make a flyer and i'll be like hey send me your promo photos and it's just the selfie with like the seat belt around around the costume you know yeah and, like that oh my god that really drives me crazy um anyways we'll talk into how to get some promo photos though on for cheap later but that like just made me like the hot horse thing totally made me go down like a add spiral <laughs> of like casey musgrave animals. oh ah, horse you've performed Is that it how a few you times. sing that song <laughs> look i can't we should do sing. we should do flapping and falling the musical oh my god <laughs> i think we might listen i mean we might lose, lose listeners. <laughs> listeners, yeah. Can you imagine singing? I I, I want to start singing. Uh, it's fine. We'll we'll get to it later. I'm singing. I'm in a store and I'm singing. Yes. You know I can hit a whistle tone. Only dogs can hear it. Are you ready? Uh-huh. <gasps> Wasn't that so good? My ears are bleeding. I, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> see spooky drag (laughs) elevation um but with promo photos like that's your what people are going to be putting on flyers yeah that's like also like your profile picture a lot of time will be a promo photo yes i am someone that is terrible about not having enough promo photos especially for like how long i've been doing drag and how wide my drag skill set is and on the flip side of that I am someone who has too damn many because is there such thing as too damn many? Yes. Because people will not look at like what's the most up to date a lot of times. And they'll look at like 
what fits the flyer the best. And sometimes that is this one I did back in 2020 where I don't even look like me anymore. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like there's got to be a middle ground. And I feel like you want a promo that is going to fit the flyer, but you also want to keep it current. There's got to be a middle yes. ground. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Which is why agreed. having multiple promo photos is great. I've been very fortunate that the ones that Danny did for me for this pot when we did this podcast have fit with most flyers that I've been on. But I also realize that I do need. Sorry, I need to give this visual. My cat. So for the first time ever, we are letting my cat like walk around while we record. Uh, like in the room and I have a candle burning and he just checked that thing out head to toe. Like it's burning like, like not too far from us. And he climbed up and he just put his head so far up. <laughs> Anyways, that was really funny to me. I love my little baby. boy. It was so cute. Anyways, what are we talking about? Okay. Other um, ways that you can elevate your drag. Yeah. Costuming yeah. Uh, is a big one. I, I can't tell you how many times like, well, in fact, one of the critiques I even got from one of my, I think the prelim for Comedy Queen was just do, I wish this costume was better, you know? And yeah. that is something that I sometimes even forget. Like, I, just because the costume works doesn't mean it, like, yeah. is elevated, you know? So, like, with drag, people want to see rhinestones, they want to see that shine. If you can make it with sequins, like, that's really, really helpful just for it to have a bigger impact right. on a stage. Um, and it's one yeah. of those things we, you want to think about the details, but you also, you want to think about details because this, there will be people up close mm-hmm. often, but you more than anything need to think about how it's going to look from a distance yes. because a majority of the people watching for a majority of the time that they're seeing you will be from a distance. Exactly. I mean, un- unless you're performing at like a, a really small venue, you know, I think the quest is kind of a, a little different because you, you're pretty close to the person yeah. at the quest, but a, any other bar that I've seen, um, or venue, you're usually on stage and then the crowd is like in front of you. Yeah. So yeah, most like, people that's one of the things the with brunch, like we're walking around in the crowd for a majority yeah. of the time. So you get that moment that we're right beside you, but the rest of the time they're craning their necks around trying to yeah figure out where you're at oh my god i'm so excited for brunch like okay that is actually one of the things though too like that's a big perk of doing uh, of elevating your drag i feel like my drag has elevated a lot since a year ago when i was there so i'm so excited to come show off the new things that i have yeah. you know and I, I think people are gonna really eat up the numbers that I'm and you doing. already did great your first time there and Don't people stop. are already looking forward to you being back thank so. you thank you yeah, I mean, I'm very excited to be back. But yeah, but that those things that I'm bringing are probably the most costly pieces that I have, you know? Oh. So I like, but in order for me to get that return on investment, you've you got to wear them. I've got to wear them. I've got to perform them. And um, like, I, I spent a uncomfortable amount of money to buy them, but uh, there are pieces that people already want to give me money the second they see me, you know? Right. Cause there's so many ways to get tips, right? Like you can have that funny moment. You can have that, uh, really slay hunty moment in your mix. That That's me all the time. Exactly. Slay hunty. They're like, Oh, work fun. I didn't know a fun could do a split somersault yeah, back all then. the time. That's all I do when I perform. <laughs> I don't even lip sync anymore. I just do the track. Right. Right. Uh, Fonitra. <laughs> I walk that fucking deer. <laughs> you better walk that fucking deer. <laughs> okay. That's a funny idea. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I think that there are a lot of 
very tangible benefits for elevating your drag where a lot of times people see, only see that cost on the front end, but really you can make that money back pretty quickly. Like yeah. for my, for my uh, X cup boobs, people love those things. And so anytime I wear them to a brunch, money is in the air, you know? And I, I made back that money within a month um, yeah. of spending it. So anyways, otherwise you can elevate your drag. So we've talked about promo photos. We've talked about costuming. What else? We, another thing is it kind of goes into the costuming, uh, as you're like hair and thinking about like all the other aspects more than just the clothing that you're wearing, yeah. thinking about your shoes, thinking about your hair, stuff like that, your accessories. Mm. And like, that could mean necklaces, earrings, bracelets, rings. It's kind of wild to me how much people like just as a baseline, one of the things I learned that I feel like brought me from a level one drag queen to a level two drag queen was a lot of times people, I realized people aren't necessarily looking for, well, I, I found that people appreciate it more when you just do more. So uh, what do I mean by that? Like accessorizing. So a lot of times I would Flappy just wear saying people don't, don't um, appreciate my drag because I don't do more. I mean, you have that mustache. I think it does a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> Like I, I noticed that people are just looking for lots of accessories a lot of yeah. times. So I it's a and it's an easy thing to forget, right? Like you, you're like, okay, I've got the costume on, the bodysuit zipped yeah. up, let's go. But honestly, just throwing on a quick bracelet and a ring, even if they don't match that well, it like brings you to another level. And sometimes you know? even like throwing on a big earring that you got at Z Outlet for a dollar fifty, that's a big old huge peace sign. Yeah, yeah. whatever. The Michelle Obama commemorative earrings, oh like those do really well. <laughs> but yeah, like the Z outlet is a really great place to get them for cheap. Um, so yeah, so you want to make sure you accessorize like that is a great way to, to elevate. I mean, but also it, it d- does depend on the costume. So yeah, if you're uh, performing as a giant spaghetti monster, maybe it doesn't make sense to have a ton of rings and giant drag jewelry. Right. Um, you don't need those. Um, the cascading waterfall of the yeah ap earrings right. all the way down your nipple <laughs> if you're gonna be like an egg yeah <laughs> although i don't know it might be on point a crystallized egg um what Which about i didn't like the session <laughs> don't do cracked cracked eggs what about mixes how do you elevate your mixes from like the standard Honestly, like, you can hire people to make your mixes. There are people that do that. But even if you're just doing it on your own, having a clear concept rather than yeah. just like, oh, work, honey, slay, diva, Whip mama. Crack. Yeah. Because, like, some of my most well-received mixes either tell a story or they have a common theme. And sometimes, like, if you do a common theme, it'll have a pattern to it. Like, my dance mix is, Mm. like, one of my best well-received mixes that I have. And it goes from a serious song that has the word dance in it or talking about dancing to a kid's song. Yeah. That's, like, kind of a jokey, like, either a kid's song or, like, a party song. So, it'll go from, like, just dance into, like, the chicken dance into like another serious song like dancing queen by abba and then it might go into the cupid shuffle yes so like that's that's a great one that i feel like would get 
people like really amped up. Yeah. Like, especially in like a big crowd setting and they may like do the dances with you. Especially when you come out with the like serious and then they don't expect the gag. Mm-hmm. Whenever just dance stops and all of a sudden you're doing the chicken dance. Yeah. <laughs> there's always a great reaction every time that happens. And because that mix moves so fast, because there is so much in it in such a tight time frame, mm-hmm. you're able to pull off a longer mix while still keeping people's attention the entire time. Yeah. Because it's so quick. What's next? What's next? What next? And people are thinking, oh my God, what is next? Yeah. I, I love mixes that can help pull that. It can help do a lot of the legwork for you on keeping people's attention. Um, and also that dance mix kind of tells me what to do for a lot of it. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the instructions are in the mix. I love right. that. So with, I think I, I discovered that with my telephone mix that with the prank calls, you know, people, Oh, uh, my telephone mix too. I yeah. you still need to see my telephone mix one day. I know we need to make it happen. Um, if only I could watch you at brunch, that would be, perfection um but yeah like i i love that because when i first started doing drag i was trying really hard to like okay i'm gonna have this trick here and i'm gonna do this split there and i'm gonna do a back bend here and i'm gonna do this motion here but with comedy mixes it's a lot easier to just input those surprises as like a sound effect right and that also is a a great way to get the people's attention who are not paying attention or they're like really drunk you know so if if you have like a bite sound effect that's like really raw um people will turn and look and be like what the fuck is going on uh and that all like your teeth my teeth mix exactly and Another thing that I wanted to say is I would recommend, well, I guess we're not getting into the tips yet, but I'm never going to pay someone to make a mix if it's something really simple that I could do. Like, yeah. there's a lot of free software out there to, to just, if you want to just make like a double, for example, and you just want to put like a sound bite or like a monologue in between, right. like you can do that on your own. Don't pay someone $35 to make you a mix for that. If you're doing, if they're doing like DJing work, which is a way to elevate your mixes and it's like really incorporating and mixing two different songs that, and in mixing those levels, that is something I don't know how to do. Right. My, my drag mom, Mariah Taylor, she, has several mixes like that uh, that are really great, but that would be way over my head. So I'd be willing to pay more for that. And like for me sometimes too, I'll pay somebody if I have like a lot of songs going into the mix, I have paid somebody or now I've got a partner that will do it for me. Work. Um, Yeah. Use, use those people around you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But like I have paid, if I have like a lot of songs that I want to go into a mix, I will like, pay somebody because i'm like i'm not going to be able to get those transitions as smooth (laughs) sorry (laughs) i had to (laughs) but i'm not going to be able to get those transitions as smooth as i want so like i'll pay somebody to make the mix for me like um i think i paid for my barbie mix and my chucky mix oh okay those are some of my favorite ones of yours too um I also wanted to say, like, or I wanted to ask, when when does it make sense to elevate your drag? Honestly, like, that's a good question. I I personally say always. Mm. The time is always now. Yeah. I I agree and I disagree. I feel like when I first started doing drag, my my partner and I we had this saying. Oh well, I'm gonna come out my first time and be drag race ready is what we kept saying. And I thought I was, but yeah. maybe I was not. And I've seen a lot of people who 
really procrastinate on starting doing drag or doing something else because they, they feel that they need to reach a certain threshold yeah. before they can say that they've, that they're doing the things that they want to do, you know? Yeah. But I say just swing big to, from the get go yeah. because you're eventually going to, to gain, um, you're always going to have some misses, but if you're yeah. swinging, you're going to miss, you're going to miss some, but you're going to hit some and you'll never right. have any hits if you don't swing. Exactly. Um, we love swingers on this podcast, Pineapples. <laughs> but also with that, I would say, fuck, I had something and it's gone. With like, but also at the same time, if you're still starting and still kind of getting your sea legs, there's nothing wrong with like figuring out and gathering your stage presence and working on figuring out who you are as an entertainer. Because like you do need to be able to like have a concept for yourself as an entity. Yeah. I, I think what I, I think what I was gonna try to say with the win to do it, it, it of, often has to do with like the I think money is a big barrier yeah. for a lot of people, um, and I mean for myself too, it's it's a barrier. Like there Same. there are things I really want to do that I just don't have the funds to make happen. Um, so take your time, you know, it's gonna be okay. There there is one of the things I've really been learning. This is what it was. One of the things I've really been learning recently is that. You can have the world. You just can't have it all at once. Yeah. And that is okay. Drag is not a marathon. It is not a sprint or it it's a marathon. Like it it's sometimes. not a sprint. Yeah. Like you're going to get, you're going to get tired, but you, you should space out your goals and yeah. it's okay to like slowly elevate yourself to get to those, to the reach those goals um, in a certain amount of time. Also like, don't be like necessary. You can compare yourself to others in the sense of like, okay, these people are like constantly coming up with things to elevate and they're coming up with ideas that can push me to inspire myself. However, it shouldn't be a, they are elevating at this rate. So therefore I have to as well. Everybody grows at their own rate and there is nothing wrong with that. I think we should take a break and then we'll come back and talk about ways to do all of those drag elevation ideas on a budget and we are back talking about elevating your drag but this time we're going to talk about all the ways you can do it but on a budget i know that for myself i had to really find ways to diy a lot of my the ways i elevated my own drag so i think this is going to be i hope this is really helpful for a lot of our young entertainers and maybe even our old entertainers who haven't thought of things before only pay people to do stuff yeah and it's one of those things for me i the more the longer i have done drag the more and especially the more my drag style has grown it's more thinking outside the box and still being able to push out higher and higher quality of drag, Mm -hmm. but also realizing I don't have the funds to pay designers. Yeah. So I've got to be able to figure out my own ways to make what I'd want happen. Exactly. But I can't break the bank because I'm poor. I feel like there's this standard that we have, or a lot of people have, honestly, from watching Drag Race. Yeah. And although Drag Race is reality television, it is not reality for most local entertainers. Right. So why don't we just start with what we started with from the beginning, which was getting promo photos. 
Yes. What are ways that are effective for you to have promo photos that you don't have to pay someone a photo shoot for? Honestly, like if you have a camera, honestly, sometimes too, if you have a A good phone camera, you can take some photos, go and like even in Facetune, you can take out backgrounds now. Yeah, and there's I think like the newest iPhone even has a setting where you can like <coughs> crop. Yeah, out. Yeah, and so that's like a good cost-effective way to be able to do it. That you're not breaking the bank, and you can get some as long as you've got a competent person working the camera. Yeah, that's the hard part, honestly. Um, and honestly, sometimes you could probably even do front-facing camera it's gonna be lower quality that way though but if mm-hmm. you do front-facing camera and do the timer or even just do the timer and have like your spot marked and do like that 10 second timer if you yeah. have like a way to prop your phone up because let me tell you ring lights are cheap mm-hmm. i like you can get a inexpensive ring light at walmart on amazon i'm paying like 50 for mine i think but that's because i got a bigger like higher quality 16 inch higher quality one now i will say though you know even if you don't have the money for a light the or for a ring light everybody has a lamp you can just unscrew the lampshade and just put it in front of you i didn't even think about that yeah i've done that loads of times i learned that honestly well i learned from a few things but in 2020 that was the i didn't have a ring light yeah and i didn't have the money for one so i would just get a lamp and take off the lampshade um now sometimes it can make the light really strong so you may want to back it up a little bit yeah but it, it's a really effective way to get, get good lighting and like even if you just get one of the smaller ring lights a lot of times that are inexpensive i think they might even sell them at five below mm, yeah i've um, seen them at like tj maxx in the clearance section so you can get a rather smaller one that is still going to give you what you need because really most people don't need a huge one right it what are people looking for in a promo photo um you want to be able to have yourself be (laughs) really (laughs) you want to (laughs) be please please someone send in a promo photo of like your mom like (laughs) that is what i need oh my god you want to be able to be clear and like you should be able to like be clear and the focus of the image. Yeah. In a perfect world, you need to be able to be easily like cut outable, cut outable for like the people that are doing the, the flyer yeah. flyer. Um, I've seen promos that have a busier background that those images still get used. However, I would imagine that's probably more work on the people doing it. Those promos are great, but a lot of times too, when you're, if you're paying for a promo in this situation, what I'm about to explain a lot of times when you're paying for a promo, you'll be getting two or three um, promos per look. So you could always be like, for one of these, can we get just a simpler background? Yeah. And that way you still have a fancier look with the back, like a fancier background with the look that maybe fits your vision, but now you have a more professional one that people can use for flyers. If, if you're making a promo for yourself for the first time, some things I would recommend are avoiding fo- uh, avoiding outfits that are, like like Vaughn said, that are difficult to cut things out of, but the things that you want to be looking for with that are avoiding things like tool that would 
that makes it yeah. impossible to cut the background out of. And like some of that really big teased hair where it gets yes. really airy is sometimes really hard to edit out of because I know during the pandemic myself, I did like this whole oh yeah um courtney love um <laughs> i did this whole series on instagram where i would do different colors of the pride rainbow oh yeah i loved those and only one of them was professionally done my blue one and the rest were ones that like Kiris's husband kyle had a camera and we just took photos yeah and in front of a black background and some of them I would even add a little fun bananas like background behind it that I would find on like Google or sometimes in like the Facetune app yeah would have like a background that you could put back there and it just kind of elevates it a little bit true and th- that's what it's all about like with Camp Wanakiki I mean we did all of those in-house right so right. my husband set up the camera we had the we have we have a backdrop that we use um, since we, we we decided to make that investment since there are so many photos that we take um, but uh, yeah like just having that simple background is gonna make a really big difference for you um, I would also say you know, avoid those selfies when you're sending in promos. Like there's no, I've never seen a good promo where that it's just a selfie. Like, especially when you're in the car and the seatbelt is still on you like that. Oh, drives me crazy. And it's like nothing wrong with it being from like the waist up. Yeah. You can have a waist up promo. It's just, there's something different about a selfie as far as you're not controlling the lighting and the quality as much, because often that front facing camera is also not as high quality as if you're using the other side of the camera on the phone. Right. What may be a good Instagram or Facebook post or profile picture is not always going to make a great promo photo. Right. So uh, just imagine how it's going to look when you, they cut you out, when you do that selfie and then it's compared to all these other people who are having like full body or waist up yeah. promo looks. And you've got like maybe this like fuzzy lighting backstage at a gig it's dark and you have uneven lighting on your face yeah. what might have been a cute look and a really cute selfie and social media content wouldn't necessarily be the best thing to go on a poster exactly um yeah so what about when it comes to customizing pieces i know this is one i was really excited to talk about like whatever ways you can like customize your costume to make it look elevated without having to spend all the money to do it the obvious obvious answer to me here is rhinestones mm. you can go get rhinestones on amazon that are not just like the cheap plastic ones that they carry at joann's um because joann's has not joann's i think they have them too but joann's and michael's have those really cheap plasticky ones i personally am not a fan of because they just like they don't look good in my opinion well because what you're looking for is the shine like the shineability right. of it and I, I mean there are certain levels to rhinestones right like you have the like the, i think the top tier is swarovski right like right the swarovski rhinestones those are going to be extraordinarily expensive which now is like close to the public i didn't know that but i do know that there are like wholesale rhinestone websites you can get them from that are yeah. still expensive but they have a really good quality shine but honestly amazon rhinestones amazon just as good there's different tiers to rhinestones so you have your like cheap plastic ones yeah then you have your jelly rhinestones which are a step up but they're really relying on the like there's often like a ab coating on it Mm. um that when you look at them 
I'm sure you've probably seen them. They're, they are like different colors, but they're solid all the way through. It's a solid color and they've got like an AB coating on it to make it iridescent. Yeah. And then a step up from that, you've got your, I think they're called, they're either the acrylic or the resin rhinestones that still have, they have that silver back and they're not real glass, but they still give a good shine. And I use those a lot mixed with glass stones on my gowns because once you have that many on there, you're getting a good mix. And then the step up above that is glass. And that quality should do you pretty well for the average gig. Yeah. But when you go to like a national pageant, you're going to need that high quality shine. You want to show that you are the best of the best at that sort of a stage. But really, if you're just doing a, like a local bar gig, I don't think it's worth spending the money on that impeccable shine that makes you look like a disco ball, you know? And like, it's one of those things I've also heard, like for television, the lower quality stones shine better and the higher quality stones shine better on a natural stage. I've never seen a rhinestone show up well on TV. Have you? Um, I have a few times, but Mm. I've also heard that it's like, you want to go with more like the acrylic style versus the glass. Interesting. Okay. Um, And you can still find glass, fairly affordable on Amazon. Amazon. Like you can get also when we're talking rhinestones, the ideal sizes that you're probably going to want because that does matter. Um, you're probably going to want an SS 20 or an SS 30. Um, and if you're working with a dealer, there used to be somebody that I would buy rhinestones from personally, the standard cut of stone is a SS 34. Either of those three sizes are generally going to be what you want for your yeah. outfit. Because when you go below a 20 and start going to like 16, 10 and below that, they're really microscopic and tiny and you're not going to really get that payoff for a stage. That's great when you're trying to fully encrust something. Yeah. But those really tiny ones are really meant more for like nail art and stuff like that. Right. Now, I will say for the tiny ones, I learned recently so for my leech look for camp wanakiki for example mm-hmm. i think that it could have been elevated had i not used mostly the same size of yeah. rhinestone like if i had gotten way smaller ones and really gotten in on those details first of all i don't know when the hell i would have had time to do it in the preparation process but it would have made for a higher quality look right like it, it and it would have just shown up a lot better the the way i tried to make rhinestones mimic a wound it yeah. would have been more impactful with those super microscopic you ones get more the details. depth that way yeah and especially like when you're going for something like blood you can also use a couple different shades of red rhinestone mm-hmm. and you'll really get a lot more dimension that way um depending on what you're doing like whenever i've made gowns i like my gowns covered in rhinestones mm like covered covered and i will use a few different shades of stones and a few different sizes of stones like if i'm doing a turquoise gown i will have ab rhinestones i will have aquamarine rhinestones and i will also have like sapphire oh and i might even if i'm feeling like real adventurous that day include like um either some sapphire ab or something like that and that way i'm getting a diversity of size and color that way the light is always reflecting differently on different angles and different colors yeah and you you do really good stonework like i've always been thank you really impressed with like the the stonework that you're able to do like and on your um that pinstripe look that you have like those shine so well thank you i love a silver also sometimes ab rhinestones which are like the kind of the standard are hard to come by i know they were during Mm. the pandemic 
and I started using silver hematite, which are solid silver rhinestones. Let me tell you, those things shine so well. Hematite? Yes. Oh, interesting. I've never heard of that. Um, it's just like a solid silver. It doesn't have like the AB coating on it. The reason people like AB is because it reflects so many different colors depending on the angle that you're looking at. Yeah. So it just reflects really well. But the silver hematite is just purely reflecting the light back. So you're not going to get like that color sparkle that you think of with a rhinestone. Yeah. But you are going to get a lot of reflection. Interest. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, one thing, well, since we're on the topic of sparkle, I do want to come back to like customizing pieces. But since we're on the topic of sparkle and like the colors of that, one thing that I would recommend is getting like a nice big drag uh earring necklace bracelet like a set that matches but just if, if you're just starting out and or you just need something that's going to be that works for everything get that spend the money on the one and then get some markers because you can use expo markers to adjust that color and it works just as well yeah. as getting a red because uh, i've heard necklace of, or whatever and i've heard of people using sharpie yeah. too and if you get just like the clear the tr- the whatever standard clear i forget what they're called crystal um if you get it just as a regular standard crystal you can go in there with sharpie and then clean it off with alcohol yeah um yep that that, that is yes that, that is the tip i wanted to make sure that i put out into the universe um, um but, but like back- when i'm stoning something especially if it's for a gown or something how much that i like to put on there getting a gradient of colors not necessarily gradienting it on the garment itself but having a range of colors within the same family gets you so much Mm. different reflection yeah 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 yeah. okay um what so let's go back to customizing pieces like what are ways you can do that beyond just the shine of a rhinestone or a sequin something that i never really did much in my early days but i have gotten a lot more into now is going to the thrift store and upcycling. Oh, okay. Especially as somebody that has now started wearing suit jackets a lot more. Yeah. And drag. I don't have the skill to make one of those. So I'll go to the thrift store and like my pinstripe suit is a pinstripe suit that I got at the thrift store and I tailored in the waist. It's not pretty. It's not professionally tailored in. It's just hemmed <laughs> in. But it does the job. Right. And I like made the pants tear away and like just rhinestone that. But I also recently did one for did a got a suit jacket for sasha colby where it was this like um tan felty kind of looking suit and i took it in and i put moss on it in this like cartoony drip style that i like just embellished it with like flowers and butterflies i put a little nest with a bird on it on the shoulder oh that's like there's there's ways you can elevate and add to that aren't always the rhinestones. Right. And also you can still always put rhinestones on the things that you're adding. Exactly. Yeah. Both. And, um, I found the most success with customized pieces when like people always really love the size like of it. Yeah. Uh, You know, like if I have like a really big costume, people love that shit. Yeah. And so I've seen where people have taken uh, Wo Wiles, for example, she has this burger costume and she made a lot of it from a couch cushion that she found on the side of the road. So like 
if you find those things that you can just shave down yourself and attach fabric on top of or, or spray paint it or whatever, a certain color that does the job, that's an a easy, cheap way to, and sometimes even free way and to like, elevate it. Another thing that she'll do is like, she'll just fully make things out of like chicken wire and paper, paper mache. Yeah. Um, another person in town, Twat Weiland, will make huge props mm-hmm. and they're just usually duct tape and cardboard. And spray paint. And, let me tell you that Hitachi that he has is his giant Hitachi is iconic and one of my favorite props. So TBH, if, if someone just said Hitachi, I would not know what they meant, but it's a vibrator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and they brought these giant uh, marshmallows to the camp oh, on a yeah, Kiki viewing the party. Marshmallows were great too. And I was like, Oh, they amped up their camp for this. They, yeah. <laughs> they were not playing around. <laughs> yeah. So like you can also elevate more than just like, customizing your garments you can make props and there's ways to do that on an affordable budget my phone mix i Mm. my i've got to remake it because it got messed up but i come out with a giant phone in my hand that is made out of coroplast and if you don't know what that means it's the material that a lot of like yard signs and stuff like that that you see are made out of um is that corrugated material that's got like the tubes in it essentially that's plastic and so i i had cut a telephone shape like the classic telephone shape out of it and just spray painted it blue and then put some blue glitter that matched it around the edge of it and then you've got this giant prop that is very obvious what it is you spray painted it and glittered it so it's obvious Mm mm-hmm yeah, and if it if it reads, that is what matters the most. Yeah. Um, you don't have to go buy a like an actual giant whatever yeah. to make it happen. Like I know that there was one look that I once made that I really wish that I had just made a cardboard spoon that was just huge um, rather than deciding not to include it because I just thought I would have to buy a real big spoon. Were you doing that? My spoon is too big. Um, My no. spoon. It's too big. I've never heard of that. My spoon is too big. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I am a banana. Uh, big spoon or little spoon? Have you, do you not know what I'm talking about? I, no, I just think you're saying really weird things to me. <laughs> I need to show you this. This, this, it's like iconic. There's a, it's this whole series of shorts on YouTube. I thought I'm finding nowadays that not everybody knows this, and I just thought it was like. Everybody knew these references. There's another one in that same like YouTube video of the compilation of these shorts. That's like, my anus is bleeding. Oh, my anus is bleeding. It's, yeah, I definitely need some context because I'm just I'm getting weirded out. <laughs> I'll have to show you after the pod. Um, I, I, but YouTube is a great... I'm glad you brought it up because I feel like a lot of the things we're saying... I'm a very visual learner. So if these are tips that you're you're getting and you're like, oh my God, I, I, I am glad that there's a cost-effective way to do it, but I just don't know like how, someone on YouTube has definitely walked through it before or ask somebody that you know. Yeah. Like with the EVA foam for um, the look you made me for... Camp, or not Camp One, Kiki Comedy Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, I was shocked at... like. It, it wasn't easy per se, but I was shocked at just how, uh, like it wasn't complicated. You know what I yeah. mean? Like we, ju- we, you made that from duct tape and, and like getting the body of the shape of my body yeah. and then just cutting out a pattern. Like it was really, there was not that much 
to it. I mean, I, uh, thank you for doing it. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm criticizing you because I'm not. Like, it was great. But I, I was like, you know what? I, I could probably do this. I just yeah. didn't know how. Um, it, but with EVA foam, there has got to be loads of videos. Yeah, on that's how, to how I learned how to do what that. I did. Yeah. And EVA foam is pretty cost effective, right? Yeah. It's not super ex- expensive. So, yeah, t- take a look into that and how EVA foam can give you some really cool constructed pieces too. Um, and also, like, we were talking about or I had talked about props. Props is like an easy way to elevate. If you're doing a number that is themed, referencing back again to my telephone number, I also carry around a bag. I got this Mm. fake Michael Kors bag at Z Outlet, and it's got nothing but phones in it. And what I did is I went to the thrift store, and I just found a bunch of different types of phones from the thrift store, I got one of those like kids um, rolly plastic telephones. I got like a classic um, corded yeah. phone. I got all kinds of crazy different phones. I got an old traditional cell phone, different kinds that like anytime I would have a phone ring, I'd pull a different phone out of the bag. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I want to do something like that. Have you heard Wendy Ho's song, Bitch, I Stole Your Purse? Maybe I want to do it with that, but every time she says like "I stole your purse," like pull out another purse from my bag of purses. I've always wanted to do <laughs> when I do when I perform shoes for my shopping mix. I've always wanted to ideally have a shopping bag shoes. full of shoes, and I pull out a different shoes. These shoes roll. <laughs> These shoes suck. Like I just wanted to pull out like a different one every time. But we bring all this up because a lot of this stuff is really cheap and it's like good for the environment too to just yeah. get it from a thrift store. Because if you thrift like a lot of this stuff, I probably got like twelve phones and probably and spent less than twenty bucks. Yeah. Like there's ways that you can get a lot of things. Like my suit that I got for Either of them, like I think my full three-piece suit that I got, that's the pinstripe, I probably spent like 10 or 11 bucks on, Mm. maybe more. And also, if you go on the day that that tag color is discounted, you can save even more money. My, the like brown one that I have, I think I spent like five bucks on that I I made into like the moss. I spent a lot of money on the embellishments on the moss and the flowers and the... But also coupons. Right. If you go to a craft store, look for coupons. Coupons are your friend. I want to talk makeup. Because to me, makeup is one of those things that's really hard to elevate and to know how to elevate and do it in an educated way. Um, so, yeah. Like, how do you how do you elevate your makeup without having to spend a bunch of money? Um, one of the ways is, like, just sit down and practice. Yeah. Because the more comfortable you get with painting your own face, the more it's going to elevate itself. Mm-hmm. Um, there are ways to even elevate the quality of makeup that you're using without having to break the bank. Um, granted, I know still some of this stuff to a beginner still feels expensive. I remember when I started out, $20 for a foundation felt like a lot of money. Yeah. It, it was um, shocking to me that I had to spend... Like, and I found this, I think we've talked about this before, but like, I got like a 100, I found a video that had, it was like $100 um, to to be red carpet ready with your makeup. Yeah. And it was just 
all of this CVS makeup. And I was like, oh my God, $100. But you really needed it for dry makeup. And some of it, there's some stuff that you'll be able to get away with cheap stuff. Yeah. Forever. Or at least early on. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know $20 for me now, $20 for foundation. Oh, that's cheap. But when I started, $20 was a lot of money for foundation. Yeah. Because that was back in the days that it was like everybody was using the Krylon TV paint stick. And it was $20 for the Krylon TV paint stick. And I was just like, that's so much money. And I would just use Mayron cream blend stick because I could get it for 10. Yeah, I I think I still use Mayron. What are some, do you know of like basic rules or tips that we can share that naturally elevate makeup? Like for me, one thing that I learned uh, just from like, talking to other drag queens was that you're not supposed to put uh, for the most part, you're not supposed to put cream on top of powder. Yeah. You know? And, and so that really changed the way that I was putting things and that you, you pretty much always should set cream with yeah. powder. Cause Both I was having, lo- I was having a lot of issues with like things running, but cause if you don't set, especially, especially because like this isn't always the case for your day to day makeup, but in drag, you should always set your foundation with powder. Mm. Um, there are some day-to-day wear foundations that you're not supposed to do that with, but with drag, you're going to be sweaty and you might end up just like, even if you're not sweaty, if you don't set it, you will look sweaty. Yeah. Um, and you just want to be able to control the shine on right. where places are shining because also if you're contoured, but you're shining in the place of a contour, it doesn't look like a contour. It just looks like you got a brown streak there now. <laughs> right. And it's one of those things like you want to think about like why you're placing things. It's one of my biggest things to tell anybody. You want to think about why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because like there should be intention behind every stroke essentially. Yeah. And one thing that I learned is if you're, if you contour and highlight, which this also is going to cost a little more money. If you contour and highlight with your creams, before you even get to your powders and you blend that well enough, it makes it so much easier to contour then with your powders and get it blended seamlessly. Yes. And so with all of this, with everything you do in drag, the great thing is most of the time people are going to be there to document it for you. Yes. But I feel like with makeup, that is the one thing people don't really get a good close up on all the time. Yeah. So take a photo yourself, take a quick selfie. Don't use it as a promo, but take, take a selfie with just your makeup yeah. like before the gig, maybe even after the gig, during the gig. That and, way you can see also how it's wearing throughout the night too. Right. And so for me, Every time I sit down to do my makeup, I remind myself, okay, this needs to be the best flapjack has ever looked because I want to be constantly looking better than I did the last time I was in drag. Whereas I'm just trying to look worse every time I do it. (laughs) But, and it's true. Like I reference those photos and it is always like, I remember this one time I really liked how my nose contour looked. And I remember this one time I really liked how I shaded this eyebrow. And so I'll just have like this huge collection of reference photos. I can go back and, kind of make this um, Frankenstein's monster of Flapjack's makeup on my face. Yeah. That looks better than I ever had before. Um, and I, I do that every single time. And I would say the same is true for performances. Yes. Because like, it's one of those things. It's hard to know how well you perform when you're not able to watch yourself. Yeah. So Ooh. if at all possible, have somebody video it. 
you don't always have to place it online. But if you're really proud of it, do it. Do it. That's easy, short form video content. But if you you need to be able to see how you read mm-hmm. because it really makes you aware of your body movements. Yeah. And you can think back to, oh, this is the movement that I did and that's how it looks. That doesn't quite look how I thought it would. Or, oh, I didn't expect that look to look so that move to look so powerful or maybe even like, oh my, one of the things that I had a major problem with when I started was noodle arms. And <laughs> noodle arms. Like just like not having intention with how I moved my arms and either yeah. not being exaggerated enough or being too exaggerated and it looking ridiculous mm-hmm. and not in an intentional ridiculous way. Right. I, I, I found that for myself, I was moving just too quickly and frantically like across the stage because I had frequently heard people say, use the whole stage. Yeah. But truth be told, I think it's much more powerful when you are able to own that spot that you're in. You're able to like look into the light they and say, say, look at me. When they you know? say on the stage, it doesn't mean you have to own every single square inch at every right. single second. And not all at once. It's, yeah, if you, if you are able to stand in the middle of a stage and just deliver. And then when you see that money go, go grab it. That's great. Now you still want right. to like have an interaction and yada, yada. Like I don't, I don't want to get too much into the performance tips, but if you go back and watch those videos of yourself, it's a great way to say, I really liked this. Didn't like this. And I'm going to make sure I'm only doing those things that I really like from now on. Right. You want to look like you have purpose and not just like, I mean, it's just like makeup. That's going to be one of my like forever biggest advice for drag is everything you should it should look like it has purpose or even if it doesn't look like it has purpose in your mind should have a purpose yeah and it feel natural to us um because you don't want to just look like the energizer bunny just banging around Mm -hmm. keeping just keeping on going because that's what it's doing yeah because the music still go out like i mean the show must go on but Sometimes I really want it to go off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to come back and talk about a flop and fawn list of different drag elevation thingamabobs. I've got 20. And we are back with our drag elevation episode. And it is time for the most famous part of our podcast episodes it's time to flop and fawn for those of you who have not listened before or new or just need a refresh (laughs) as if we don't do it every day (laughs) the rules are simple yes there's no points (laughs) the points don't matter even if we do have points but if you like something it's a fawn if we don't like it it's a flop and if it's the best thing that you've ever seen or we've ever seen because we're the ones judging this bitch <laughs> it's uh stop trying to make fetch, fetch happen. happen it's not going to happen yes because it's our show and not yours not yours <laughs> <laughs> that resonates more and more true with me every day <laughs> okay let's hit it what's the first flop and fawn i want to know i'm ready to rip these horses to shreds rhinestones Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's a fawn for me overall. I mean, I've never seen someone... I have never been like, I don't like the fact that this has rhinestones. You know what I mean? 
So it's a fawn for me. I think there is a time and place for them. And I think there is also probably a time and place that they don't belong. Mm. Um, but as a whole, like more than likely, as long as they, as long as you don't have like gold rhinestones on like this. Yeah. I feel like, like the color doesn't matter. I've never, se- I've never right. seen it though. Like it's not like there's this trend of right. people putting uncolored matching stones on their right. shit. I, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that. So, okay. It's going to be a fun for me. Work double fawns for rhinestones. Next up is taking drag children. Oh, okay. This one. So like, because you think you've already elevated and you've got what it takes to yeah. teach the children. I often get concerned because when babies start making babies. Yes, exactly. And that was a big, like a thing for me. Like now I'm, I'm, you know, you and I are both in this realm of like exploring drag children and collectives and just being friends with people and things like that. And it's like, I, I know for myself, there are often questions of uh, maybe it's imposter syndrome or maybe I'm, I really have only been doing drag for three years that I probably don't know everything, you know? And, and so it's like, I'd say it was probably around the three year mark that I took my first child. Mm. And, and where are they now? They quit drag because they moved oh, to another state. Boo. Well, okay. So that's not my that's fault. That's no one's fault. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but like I, I feel like if you're gonna t- if you're gonna ask someone to take be your drag parent or you are going to seek out drag children, it's important to really take that time with yourself to figure out know what your is this going to be a good relationship and yeah. know what you're signing up for, and really, especially personally, if. If you're a younger entertainer, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily go asking for oh, people really? to be your children. If oh, you're a younger to be your children. Inter- I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I would, if somebody asked, I would consider it, but I'd also really be thinking, what do I have to offer? Mm-hmm. Because you are a mentor that is somebody that is like going to be family to you you need to be able to have a strong relationship with that person and it needs to be you have something to offer them exactly because it doesn't need to just be like oh i saw your number at the club once and i like you will you be my mom right yeah there needs to be more than that like there should be a, a a big consideration into do i have the is this person going to be able to help me? Am I going to be able to help this person? Vice versa. Do we have right. similar enough styles of drag to actually be able to help each other? Or will we just be providing nonsensical um, advice and feedback yeah. that isn't really fair to apply to this type of entertainer? Or if you don't even have that, but still take them on, are you going to be able to be supportive and helpful along their yeah. journey? Because sometimes you don't even have to have the same style you can be in separate wheelhouses as long as you're supportive and able to like help them along their journey in the way they want their journey to go. Right. It, it actually takes me back to Call Me Mother season two. I hated how they did a triple elimination in the first episode, but one thing that I did appreciate was Peppermint um, when talking to uh, what was the king's name? Justin. Justin a bit. Justin a bit. And um, oh no, uh, Newfound Lad it was one of the, one of the things she said was I just, I don't know that I'm actually going to be able to help you with your drag journey. And I think it had a lot less to do with them being bad entertainers as to why they got eliminated. And the fact that they didn't really have mothers who could 
help and impact diverse yeah. ranges of entertainment. Um, Which Justin ended up getting adopted. Right. He did. He did. But I think that that's why Newfoundland probably didn't like, I don't think any of the three call me mothers or the mothers. Um, <laughs> I could have seen crystal taking yeah. Newfoundland fair. and succeeding. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. But anyways, I, I think it's good to have that real and honest conversation with yourself, whether you are going to be the child or the parent. Yeah. Um, so, and, and the other thing is d- don't jump around, you know, like it, oh, let's that say was part two of the, that's oh. going to be the next one. Oh, just kidding. Okay. No, nah, forget I said that. Ah, okay. Flopper fun for you. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm probably going to give it a, f- if we're talking in the context of like trying to elevate your drag. Yeah. And especially for a younger audience, I would probably say flop. Wait, hold on. What was, tell me again what the, the words were. Taking in drag children. Taking in drag children. Okay. And when it comes to elevating your drag. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I'm going to say flop. Okay. Um, Cause like, especially in the context of younger, you've got to be able to have a strong sense of who you are. Yeah. And if you don't have that and you aren't putting out at a, level that you are comfortable and confident at that i don't know that you have what it takes to offer that to somebody else fair i'm gonna fawn it for the reverse reason i think that sometimes when you're an older entertainer and you have learned all all the things that you really needed to know to navigate your your arena and you're ready to take on children i think children can challenge the way that oh, you yeah. think and inspire you to do something different so because i i know that was the case for mariah um like yeah. mariah I, I always looked up to her from the beginning but she had a very classic style of drag and i think that by taking it's on easy children, to look up to her she's a big woman i mean yeah <laughs> giant woman and she ain't even got to wear heels to be a big woman <laughs> but yes i i think that she, i ever since um, she took on myself and then other drag children and now ultimately me and her, me and Cleo. I, I think that she is more willing to step outside of her own comfort zone because yeah. she sees that we're doing that as well. So I'm going to fawn it for that reason. Yeah. That's a good reason to fawn it. We Thank both you. I needed that, that from like other <laughs> entirely opposite perspectives because I've seen the negatives and I've seen the positives. Yeah. And it is one of those that's very nuanced. Um, but on the flip side, children that are jumping around families a lot this is a huge flop for me like i'm like right away don't do that i like it depends if you're leaving one family and you go to another one and it only happens that one time i'm fine with it but if it becomes a pattern that's a red flag i yeah I'm not judging you and your drag journey. You know, I and I don't mean like you. I mean like, as in fun. I mean like the world. But wow. <laughs> I, I mean, Jack's coming for fun because I left a drag family. No, that no, no, no. But I mean, what I'm referring to with this is, let's say you get into a relation, like a drag motherhood relationship, right? And then you realize that that relationship isn't working for you. And I think it's okay to leave. And I think it's okay to take on others or join a different family later on. But if it's like jumping around and yeah. it's like you're you're not really taking that time, it's like what are you really looking for here? Right? It's, are you just looking for opportunities? Yeah. And how you can 
Because I, I don't think you should join a family because of the name or like what this person can like can you offer be, you it, like networking wise. Right. It's about the art of it, in my opinion. It's about art and relationship. It, right. And it's, it's I, I know that we can get, this person get me shows. Yeah. I know that we can get cho- that we have chosen family among drag. And I think a lot of people see drag families in that way. And on one hand, I do. But I think that going and taking on that title is something that should not be done um surreptitiously like yeah you you granted there are people that when they are very young in their drag careers they don't know and sometimes people do jump into families and yeah sometimes they realize down the road that maybe this isn't for them or this particular one isn't for them and that's okay too but we are specifically here talking about the ones that be jumping around a lot i I think you should just think about the optics of it you know like and while you shouldn't always worry about what other people are thinking of you when you are moving from one family and you're like, Oh, well suddenly I'm, I'm a Smith and now I'm a Johnson and now I'm a Paris van Michaels. And you know, it's like, who are you? I feel like you don't even understand your own identity as an entertainer. So it's like the mass singer. (laughs) Yes. Um, okay. So it's a flop for me. What about you? Double flops for jumping around. Just, hang out for a bit it's so like i just want to emphasize it is okay to just be friends with someone you know yeah like just because they do drag they don't have to be your drag aunt uncle fiance anything you know just be friends with them you can learn things just from hanging out and being in the dressing room getting dinner together whatever that's how that's how we build community yeah because like also you shouldn't it shouldn't be to where like the only people that you associate with are family yes oh retweet i agree on that um sculpted slash styled wigs ah! okay okay great way to elevate your drag right i think hair is a wonderful way to do it but also you really need to know how to take care of it yes um i've i've seen danny or slash bonbon like make several wigs for people who didn't really know how to take care of it. And then they'll like send us this video being like, I love what you did with this wig. Thanks. I'm washing it and restyling it into this thing. And it's like one of these sculpted ones that they've made. Then why did you get exactly? And they spent like a good chunk of money on it. And which green and they spent their money on it. So what they, they did with it at that point is it's their business. But also if you don't like, if you don't know how to appreciate the value of what you have, like it's, yeah. Like don't take do care of what take care of your drag period yes and like the, it's okay like I feel like it, drag race has really made us feel a certain way about hard front wigs or not having a styled wig and it just being like long hair that that's fine like it, it just gets especially your shaking when up. you're starting when out. you're starting just yes and even some pros. Like people who have been in the business forever still use those shake and goes. They just have a brush and they know how to style it well. Yeah. So it, like that is okay. Um, now, I mean, I'd be wearing pussy cats a lot lately. So <laughs> I need to get not one. all of my wigs are. I need to get a little pussy flap wig. I just bought three. <laughs> <laughs> that hit me. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting delirious. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i'm holding to it my pussy flap wig i'm gonna i'm gonna get a pussy flap wig next. um i think i think I, they call that a merkin <laughs> <laughs> 
I I think it's great to have styled wigs, and that's that's always been a big part of my identity as an entertainer. But it's mostly because I'm married to a wig stylist. Okay. I mean, and as somebody that styles my own wigs, like I can understand wanting styled wigs. I prefer a styled wig. I do sometimes wear a shake and go, but like also understand not every wig can be a shake and go and look good. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like if you're buying one of those really nice Swiss lace, really nice hair, like mm-hmm. lace lines from like Amazon or one of the, or like wigs and grace, stuff like that. Pulling it out of the bag, especially if it's one of those straight flat ones, doesn't always look good. There's going to be a lot of effort that's going to need to go into those. However, if you're going to like a wig store and buying a shake and go, like a literal shake and go, which used to be technically a brand that's where that term comes from because oh, I didn't know that the term came from you could shake it out and it would re- regain its style. Hmm. These wigs that come with a style already in them, granted they're for day-to-day wear, not necessarily drag, but... They can work for drag. Those kind of wigs are different. Yeah. Because they come pre-styled and in a way that they are meant to return to the style even after being brushed. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a brand. Look at that. I learned something something today. Okay. So styled wigs as a way to elevate your drag. Flop or fawn? I think as long as you're being a responsible fawn. Yeah. But fawn. not a requirement. I, I think I'm going to fetch this. To me... I, I think that hair is something that I do look at pretty frequently, but it, it matters a lot if you know how to take care of it, you know? As long as it goes with the look, let's be real. Yeah. D- don't Please don't go buy, like, an expensive expensive $500 integration wig um, just if you don't really know how to take care of it because you, you want to be able to keep it at its... And it's worth and it's value. And so here's the thing. It's too. a fetch for me. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's mm. not going to happen. And here's the thing, too. Like, as long as the wig makes sense with the look, I'm probably not going to care. Yeah. Now, if you're wearing some like sculpted piece with like shredded jeans, I might look at you a little funny. <laughs> or if you're wearing like this elegant beaded rhinestone something and then you've got a flat Amazon wig on, I might look at you. Yeah. <laughs> but as long as it makes sense, I'm not... Hey, as long as you're looking, that's all I care about. <laughs> What's next? What's next? This one wasn't originally on the list, but I meant to put it on the list, and so I'm sliding it in. You better slide it Human in. Human hair wigs. Oh. I, it's a, I don't have one, so... I have very strong feelings about what I'm about to say. Go for it. As somebody that also does own a human hair wig, I love it. They're great. However... It's a lot of upkeep to maintain a human hair wig. And you can get a lot of like great custom colors. If you know how to do that, there's great YouTube tutorials about it. However, they are so fucking expensive. And as a way to elevate your drag, especially as a newer entertainer, I think it is the worst investment that you can make as a young entertainer. Mm. I think there are so many more ways that you can elevate your drag that are going to be impactful. I get it. Human hair wigs don't tangle up the same way that a synthetic wig would, but you know what? There's things that you can put in your synthetic hair to make it detangle or make it not matte as easily. Like oil sheen. I've heard of people using pledge in their hair. Hmm. Like that's (gasps) for your synthetic hair. Did I say this in the last episode, but I heard that you can use um, a a synthetic based lube to get rid of flyaways. 
I haven't heard that. I know. But like there's ways to like take care of your synthetic wigs and to be able to still like stunt and trick yeah. and stuff like that. That you can get away with things that you would normally need a human hair wig for. But like, and this isn't anything against human hair wigs. I have human hair wigs. I love them. I want more. But I think when you're starting out, there are much better ways that money can be spent. I feel that. Um, I would also say, I think there is, I think, I think it goes back to drag race and this obsession with human hair wigs and, and lace fronts, but you it's know, 40 inches, right? Like that shit doesn't really matter. Um, I have never, never once watched someone it perform becomes a pissing contest. Yeah. Like, it, Oh, it's like who spent the most on your drag. And I think there is another side of it where, I think that for certain situations, it can be good to have a human hair wig. Like if you need yeah. a fan, you know, like it definitely has a different effect. Or if you're wearing like sequin. I can also sure. understand it if you're wearing a really sequined outfit and you're wearing this long and you want to do like a whippy hair thing because human hair doesn't get uh, caught as easily. Much. Yeah. But to me, I also think that there is a certain responsibility with a human hair wig because yeah. when you're buying those, you are also taking away the opportunity for someone who doesn't have hair or who may want to use a human hair wig um, in replacement like later on. And because what it does is e- even if there are an abundance of human hair wigs, it still raises the prices on those wigs. Cause I don't know money. how much I so. agree with that, but also no, that's okay. You can um, disagree with me. But like one of the things too with human hair wigs, they're not going to hold a style the same way a synthetic wig will. I just don't You're think it's have, as good of an investment as people think it is. Right. You know? You're going to have to consistently be restyling that wig if you want it to look good. Yeah. It's one of those things. Synthetic wigs will hold its style so much better than a human hair ever, human hair wig ever will. Mm. Okay. So overall, flop or fun for you? I think it's a flop. It's a flop for me too. Next up designer brands we're talking about like getting a designer jacket or a designer pair of shoes or a designer bag like going and getting you a pair of louboutins for drag yeah baby no i don't think so or going and getting you a fendi purse or a fendi jacket I, i think it depends but no like i have one statement jacket that i honestly don't even wear that much in drag um no, no. I think you're going to, uh, yeah, uh, since a lot of this is being framed from the perspective of when you're starting out and looking to elevate from your starter, I I would say flop because I think that a lot of it is stuff that can get damaged very easily. Right. Like drag is not gentle on your stuff, you know, like right. I break shoes all the time. I would... I would be so heartbroken if someone got me Louboutin shoes and then I broke them all. I would probably never perform. I've heard that Louboutins are actually some of like amazing shoes. Granted, in order to get the size that I would need, I would need to get them custom made. Mm. I've heard they are an amazing investment, but I look at that as pro level. Yeah. I mean that, I mean that's even beyond pro level if you ask me. Well, what I mean is like when I, I, mean like those that are like on the national stage touring regularly and doing photo shoots and runways and stuff like that i yeah i mean if i got louboutins i'd probably only wear them when i was booked for like fashion week or a runway no some girls perform in them i would probably perform in them to me i would perform in them if i had them i want a pair of louboutins i i I, maybe i'm just really hard on my shoes for me i love shoes i love designer shoes um 
I can't really fit in them except for Jessica Simpson. So I can squeeze myself into her size 12s. <laughs> um, okay. That's about it. Well, I, well, I also am a slut for a Betsy Johnson bag. But True. also Betsy Johnson bags are hella affordable when you're talking designer. Yeah. I, and I, even Betsy, that is... I feel, that, I feel that's a little different. Like, it's and even not... that's like not something I would advise to a newer entertainer. I feel like that's more of a luxury item. Yeah. Like I, the Betsy Johnson you got me, I'm, I'm probably never going to use that for like, I use it, but I don't use it for like performing, you know, yeah. like, uh, may, maybe I would wear it with my boba tea dress cause it matches the boba tea. Right. But I don't know. It, it would scare me too much to hurt it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I use, um, Amy got me the Betsy Johnson deer bag. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's one of those things I use it as a tip around, but I have never yeah. performed with it. I've used it as a tip around loads of times or just going to shows. Yeah. It's great for that. Yeah. I, I don't know. That That's why I flop it. I'm just too scared of breaking things. I'm really hard but on my shit. I will say I have used Betsy Johnson earrings for numbers. Oh, okay. And that I can reason. Yeah. And oh. especially sometimes you can get some real cute Betsy Johnson at TJ Maxx. Does it impress you when someone uses like a a name brand it depends honestly depends. it depends as long as they're using depends diapers yeah that's, that's the only name I brand care i care about um it depends because like some of it some of it yes is impressive some of it is kind of like why yeah like what's the reason like for example if you're using this designer perfume but mm. they have a knockoff at walgreens that smells the exact same yeah and you're like i only buy this exact designer brand but you could find the exact same scent at walgreens like i could understand if you're using the designer because somebody got you that as a gift 100 percent. but like or if you bought it as like a special treat for yourself. But if you're saying like, I only use this one and not the knockoff. Mm-hmm. That smells the exact Like same. what's your booking fee? A thousand dollars? Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, o- overall, flop or fun for you? It's a fo- flop. Flop for me too. It's a flop for me, dog. Next up, we have big drag jewelry. Classic drag jewelry. Yes. We're not talking the more recent which i like the acrylic rate like the acrylic laser cut kind of jewelry which i am a big fan of acrylic laser cut i gotta look up look up what you're talking about um, um claire apparently makes some of that stuff oh oh i know what you're saying Acry- yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the laser cut where it's like a, a picture yeah oh yes 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 i enjoy those or like words I've got a fawn necklace somewhere. But that's we're, that kind. But, but we're, we're talking, talking about like classic, classic like drag the pageantry, stones. the big stones. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. And I want more. Like that is actually one thing that I feel for me that I am currently in this phase of elevating from uh, just this standard Z outlet jewelry that I have that it does the job, you know, yeah. it, it's serviceable, but I, I want when someone looks at me to be like, that is a drag queen, you know? Yeah. And that is why I really like it as a means of elevation. I do not think it's wise for people to go just break the bank and buy all that jewelry. Cause it doesn't do the job for you. Like right. it, 
really it's just about the aesthetic it's not actually making you more entertaining or anything like right. that but i'm at a point now where i want that aesthetic to read drag fucking queen so that i want huge rocks on my ears and personally i don't think it goes with every look personally yeah. there are times that i don't think it goes at all mm. and that's okay too however i have seen some where I think Lolly Cox is one of them that makes some really great drag jewelry that she will sometimes do like custom pieces. And like, I've seen people do like pokeballs and like bananas yeah. and to, like do shapes. And that's really cool and really impressive. And I'm good with that. But like, there's sometimes just having those big stones don't always make sense with the look. Fair. But there are a lot of times that it does make sense. I need to find my drag jewelry. I don't know where it is, but <laughs> I also don't ever plan on wearing it again. So I could probably sell it. it Sell it to me. I spent a lot of money on drag jewelry. Well, you can look. What if? What if I will you store keep- it in my closet for for rent free? No, yeah. So I'm saving it's you space in my storage unit that but I am that paying pay for. for. And but this is just you know you're not taking like it's not affording me anything by taking it out of my storage unit. But it would be helping a friend, and that's <laughs> what it's all about. <laughs> I will probably keep the pieces that match specific gowns. Because I do have like a turquoise set that I'm ordered specifically for a gown. And I've also got a fuchsia and navy set that I ordered specifically for a gown. Interest. That fuchsia and navy set's my favorite. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. Because like that's also one of my favorite gowns that I've made. Because I, one of my things with gown is I always love doing unexpected color combinations. Yeah, fuchsia and navy, that one is not something I would expect. But yeah, it, was, like it, it sounds pretty. Yeah. Um, okay, so flop or fawn for you? Fawn. Yeah. But like, I also want to say flop because like it doesn't go with everything and not everybody needs it. I agree. But I think in the context of elevating your drag, I do think it takes people there a little bit more. Than I don't like, know. It doesn't always. Like... I think it depends on your style of drag. I don't think it works for Kings. I don't think it works for like Dragula contestants. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes, but I, I mean, I think of Dali. Like I, I know that my favorite looks of Dali are when they do a lot of glamor. So they, my they favorite, wore big drag jewelry for that. And I was like, th- that really elevated it to me. My favorite looks of Dali are like the ones where they do like, the metal jewelry and the facial stuff like that. Mm. The really graphic, modern graphic jewelry, like high fashion. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fall for me. You can't, you can't shake me. Well, you can't shake my soul. You can't break my hole. Uh, what's next? Next up is getting custom garments commissioned. Oh, um, you know one thing we I'll I'll get into it after you start. There was one thing that we didn't even think oh. to touch on. Oh my god. Well, okay. Well, okay. But Custom it's related to this. I mean, uh, uh, I would say f- it depends on what it is, but I I think I'm overall I'm going to say fawn because it you know, it, it I I think that you can perform I always perform better in a look that I didn't make myself. And that is because I am a little bit insecure about my own craftsmanship skills. You know what I mean? So I'm afraid something's going to fall apart or like it's too thready on like this end or this sleeve doesn't match whatever. So I, 
I like it because it gives me some peace of mind and it, uh, but it, this is not something I really do all that much. You know, it's only for like pieces that I cannot make myself. So yeah, I would say farm. Um, so like one thing we didn't really even think about talking about with elevating your drag is like learning to sew. True. But honestly, I think that like, like yes, elevating when it comes to elevating, Learning to sew can help you, but I mean, when when you first are starting on learning how to sew, you're not really going to be elevating your drag all that much <laughs> other than saving you money, unless you just have a natural talent for it, you know? I, I, don't, I feel like there are things that I have made that have probably diminished what I would consider my elevation, be, but I'm proud of it because I made it. But, but you're if, also learning, and then it's able to, like, prevent, like, promote your like you have knowledge going forward to make even bigger grander things true i think learning to sew is a skill that is very helpful but i i don't necessarily think it's something you have to do to elevate your drag i don't think it's like a have to i think it's a very helpful thing i know for me my drag would not be what it is without it because i make 90 percent of my drag yeah and even some of that like 10% is stuff that is like stuff that I will like make edits to myself. Um, so for me, I can't afford custom. I am actually paying for my first ever custom thing currently. Oh, really? Like I've had um, one of my old drag moms like would sell me a couple dresses, but it was like my drag moms. I didn't pay for it. So I'm actually in the process of, my first custom garment that I am yeah. paying for. Well, that's exciting. I, yeah. I do want to say something that I think that you and I are very different from a lot of the drag community on, and maybe you do this, um, but a lot of queens and entertainers that I know, they just sell the same drag and it just goes in rotation, you know? Yeah. And so they, they're, they're still changing things up and there's not necessarily a concept to it. I think you and I are very much concept minded when it comes to our performances. Yeah. But, I think I would say most entertainers don't do it that way. Like they're like, Oh, look at that bodysuit. It's got the rhinestones. It's got the fringe. I'm going to buy, uh, spend $50 and order it from so-and-so in Florida to have them ship it up here to me in Texas. And no, no one in this bar will have ever seen it. So it's fierce, you know? Yeah. So uh, that's why I'm kind of not that committed to saying like, like, like yes, sewing is helpful, but I, I don't think it's the biggest thing. Does that make sense? Yes. I just, I personally Facebook find marketplace is probably one of the most helpful things for a lot of people. Yeah. I would say like if you've got the time and willpower, sewing is the most helpful thing. Yeah. But not everybody has that. True. Um, And I mean, I will admit I kind of like when I started drag, it was one of those things that I put my nose to the grindstone and I said, if I'm going to, do drag i'm gonna know how to sell yeah and i kind of have just i learned how to make a bodysuit real quick and i've been really fortunate in the fact of like how easy it was for me to yeah, take it out it comes to you very naturally you're so good at costuming um, Granted, we say that and I, nobody sees the behind the scenes struggles true but Mark no, nobody has Mark to know how many tears went into that garment here but we we should keep it moving what's the okay so Custom garments. Custom. I'm going to flop it for like starting out because also I feel like when you're starting out, you can like, 
rather than paying for a custom commission piece, because you're going to be paying more, you can either find something on the marketplace. You can find yeah. something online and edit it yourself, like customize it, piece things together. That's one thing Twat is so good about is like piecing multiple pieces together. Even if he orders like a custom piece, he will like piece it with other things and he can create five different looks from these pieces mm. using like the same piece could go in five different looks, but they are so incredibly different. You wouldn't even clock that as the same piece. Wow. I think that is something that is very valuable for Kings to yeah. do more than Queens. I mean, most Queens are going to wear like a dress or a bodysuit. I'm so, trying to get more like PC with my drag and it's yeah. been a slow process. It's, it's a difficult thing to do. Um, especially getting things that will go together. Right. Especially like my mind is always like matchy matchy. You so you flopped. I'm also gonna flop. Yeah. All right, double flops for custom pieces. What's next? And finally, our last fawner flop is going to be unpaid gigs for exposure. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, I, overall flop. Like at, at the point I'm, I'm at now, I would be like no, but. I, I I know that I'm not someone who needs exposure in the way that I used to. Um, you might need some exposure to the sun. You're looking a little pale. Y- you are not wrong there. <laughs> but I think that like the reason I'm flopping it in a in when it comes to elevating your drag, I think it can get you somewhere for about two years. But after that, like your community should know who you are. You yeah. know, if you're if you're going out and you're and you're participating in open stages and getting in front of people, they should know who you are. Um, and after that, the more people take those, it teaches the community, oh, we don't really have to pay our drag entertainers. Yeah. We can just ask them to do it for exposure and they'll do it. And while there are certain things I am willing to work for free for yeah. because I, I am just passionate about certain causes, I There's I a difference between a passion project and... Right. Like, if, if you want me to come speak at your college, if you want me to come perform at your college, I get it. I, I work in higher ed. I think that's really important for, especially right now, for um, for students to see queer people and to put a face to a name. Love that. If it's a benefit show, usually I would be willing to do it without pay. Um, but otherwise, no. Don't be asking me to do stuff for free because I think that it is an insult to how far I've elevated my drag and how much I have invested into my drag for you to ask me to do that. Does that make sense? Yes. Like for a, like, especially if it's a bar show, you know, yeah. I, why, why should I make you money as a show director? Yeah. W- with no pay for me. What, where's my cut? I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> like 100% agree with everything you just said. However, I'm going to look at this from an entirely opposite perspective. Okay. I'm going to be looking at it from the new person perspective, not okay. the not fawn who has been doing this for seven years. I'm going to be looking at this from somebody has been doing, like you said, the two years or less, like that's literally the time frame that I was thinking of because in that time frame, you are going to learn and grow so much and take every fucking opportunity that yeah. you can. And I would not be that person that I am today had I not done that for the first two, maybe even three years. No, I started getting paid around the two-year mark. But I think I was still doing open stages for fun and because I was trying things. Mm, I was still getting booked, but I was also 
wanting to keep doing it on a consistent basis. This was back when I had an open stage that I could do literally weekly. So it was one of those things like I was doing open stage literally weekly and still would be booked on the weekend some. And that was invaluable time for me. And especially being able to do that every single week, I would not be the fawn that I am today without the drive that I had as a young entertainer because like those that time any chance you have to get on stage as a young entertainer is valuable time oh absolutely and I mean, it's like practice you know i'm one of those people that's like i support having tip spots as long as you're being respectful about who mm. you're giving tip spots to versus who you're like making pay like who you're paying versus who you're being like no but i got a tip spot for you yeah and i can also understand if somebody doesn't come to your bar a lot and they want to be booked in your show but you've never seen them perform and they don't come see your show i could understand being like offering them a tip spot and then being after that offering them a booking i can understand that too because like it is a business at the end of the day right and if You've never been seen in their bar, especially if you've never been seen supporting their show. You're asking for their money and they don't even know what you can do or like they've never seen you there supporting them. So I can understand that side of things too. Yeah, I I hear you. And I think a lot of that makes sense. Um, I do sort of wish that the drag community as a whole would look a little differently into things because I, I do think it's, I think it's fair to say, like, if you're not supporting our show, then, like, if if you haven't supported our show or my things, then, then how you know how am I supposed to you know know you? But also, the internet is a thing now, and like for myself, I put I put lots of my performances online, and I think that a lot of people should should do yeah. the same. But if if you are in that one or two year mark, like hot spots and tip spots are a great way to get to a paid booking yeah um so but but i think it, i think it's good for a limited amount of time which is why yes. i'm gonna flop it overall i'm gonna fawn it in the context of it's that limited window actually i'm gonna fetch it in the context fetch of that it? little window oh my god stop trying to make fetch um i don't think we've, it's not going to happen i don't think we've ever had such um strong disagreements oh my god yeah and uh, it's like one of those things like and going back to like what i was talking about with the people not coming to support a show it just also feels opportunist you know what i mean kind of you're never going to support a show especially if it's a local show and then you're asking to be paid to perform there yeah if it's like a regular show like if i was a show director that's some shit that i'd be paying attention to i'm like oh you don't want to come see it but you want to make the money you want to make the money yeah i i can see it a few different ways so like yeah, I I think I may be thinking too much into my own personal um, issues, <laughs> but I bet I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about too. All right, well, I think that is everything for this week's episode. But before we go, we do have a few things we want to plug and remind you: come out on the second because Wednesday. If you stay plugged, you, you ain't, ain't gotta, gotta get, get plugged. plugged. That's right, and. 
Wednesday, April 12th. So every second Wednesday of the month at Highwire Brewing, we are hosting Drag Bingo. Make sure you wear teal for our fundraiser with Magic City Acceptance Center and the Crisis Center. Yes. And on Thursday, May 18th, we at 7.30 at Birmingham Festival Theater, we will be having Roast in Peace Angel Phase. <laughs> our last chance to say goodbye before she leaves us for Charlotte. Yes. Where there's a lot of harlots also don't forget that at the end of this month flapjack and i both will be at Kara's drag brunch all stars yes oh my god i'm so excited to munch munch crunch crunch with you all and we have flapping and fawning merch available at the link in the description of this episode don't forget to leave us a five star review so that we can share your words from our mouth holes to, to your, your ear, ear holes. holes to resonate with your buttholes well thanks everyone what about the pee hole well, that too. You know, if you, you just got to shake it hard enough. The urethra. If you, if you shake it. I don't know. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>